Welcome to the Everyday Marketer Podcast, where we believe the key to great marketing isn't big budgets and confusing strategies. On this podcast, we give you practical solutions you can implement to grow your brand every single day. Well, hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am excited to dig into this topic today. Just warning, we're talking about money. And it doesn't matter what industry you're in, what space you're in, uh, personally or professionally, money can be an awkward, uncomfortable conversation. Awkward, but we're going to talk about it because we love these conversations. Yes. But first, but first, we're going to analyze a statement, which you guys know we do on every episode of the podcast. Unless you live under a rock and you've never come out in public, you have probably heard this. Alan, what do you think about the saying, just do it? Just do it. Well, first of all, we have to acknowledge like it has worked, right? We all recognize it. Nike has been branding since what early seventies, I think, when they really took off and kind of moved out of just the track shoe zone. Obviously, they've exploded and it's worked. But the reality of that phrase is, I don't know what it means, but I think what's brilliant about it is that it evokes an emotion in me that. That renegade, uh, just jump off a cliff into water, just start the race, just start training, just start, declare yourself a runner and start running. So I actually think the strength in it is that we don't know what it means, but marketing evokes an emotion. And so what I hear is you can do it. Stop feeling fear because I think when, when I think about athletics, we all think about fear. We're at a starting line of something. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can train for that thing. So I, I actually think, although I don't know what it means, we obviously can say it's work. They've made billions and billions of dollars from it. I love that it's short and it evokes emotion. And what's interesting is the swoosh has become synonymous with that. So when you see the swoosh, you think just do it. I mean, that's how much they have branded well. And that's actually really not marketing. That's branding of just do it. So that's kind of my my quick take on it. Obviously, it's worked. Don't know what it means. But dang, it evokes an emotion in me. And that's probably why they've sold billions of pairs of shoes. What about you, man? It is. It's clearly ambiguous. (laughs) <laughs> is, is if it's possible to be that. Well said. And and I know that's kind of like, well, what did he just say there? But what I mean by that is I feel like, at least for me, whenever I go into a store and I see the shoes or I see that slogan or the commercial, I feel like for me what I'm getting from that is whatever it is that I'm going to do or whatever it is that I desire to do, I can do it if I have their product. Yeah. So <laughs> like it or not, you you can pull it off. I. I honestly think it's probably one of the marketing principles is that you've just got to keep pounding the pavement. If they thought, hey, this is the strategy in the 70s that's going to take us to now to be the premier shoe people in the world, they wouldn't have even believed you. But I think it's just been hard work, excellence um, over the years. And I wonder how much of branding is just settling on something and going for it. I mean, Nike, what does that even mean? But we don't think about that anymore. So uh, I think doing the hard work up front, but I just think a lot of people quit before their branding work is done. That's going to need to be thousands of touches, continually looking at it, brand recognition, excellence, quality, everything else, and then eventually people go, yes, they are known for quality. And that's the solid statement right there with this with this analyzing that statement is it shows you that while they go hand in hand, your branding and your marketing are very, very different. 
and you will not have a clear message of a brand message or a clear marketing strategy without clarity on both sides. Yeah. And we we'll talk about that in a future episode. We'll talk about marketing versus branding versus sales. Very different, but do go together. I would say that the key in all of those is clarity and intentionality um, overall. So for another day, we'll talk about that more. So today uh, we're talking about money. So we have to charge stuff in order to keep for-profits going. Nonprofits obviously are in the transformation business, so they put money in and get transformation out, and they're making brand promises to donors. And so that's just such an interesting thing is that we all feel some fear when we think about money. Now, maybe you're a solopreneur, maybe you're a startup, maybe you're an established business that says, I wanna go from sort of making chump change to making sustainable income so we can continue being a business 10 years from now, this matters to all of you up front. So kind of crack open this topic for us, Jonathan. It's, have you said it's an interesting one and there's three big spaces to it. And the first I would say is, is it's challenging to get to a place when you're starting out or you're having to think through where it is you want to go, what it's gonna to take to get there, how you're gonna communicate that message about whatever it is you're taking to the digital space there is finance involved and there's risk with it. You have to come to a space where you realize what is the right amount of X to charge for Y service product or cause to bring someone to, you know, Z value proposition. Yep. I have lots of thoughts on this, but the first one is fear. All right. If you feel fear about this, you're human. So just know everyone feels fear about this. Some of us to different levels. Money was talked about differently in all of our families. Uh, you know, maybe you've seen an unhealthy, um, you know, kind of sales pitches before, and you have fear on that. Nonprofit folks tend to feel real weird about charging, in my experience, for, for stuff. But I just want to say you have a fear. The real question is what exactly is your fear? Be specific. Will somebody think that you are going to give it for free and then you're going to charge? Um, what exactly are you thinking you're going to offend somebody by charging twice as much? And the reality is you may have had one or two bad experiences in your past that made you afraid of this. I remember early on in coaching, I threw somebody a number, which now I look at it as way less than I'm charging now as a leadership coach. And I remember them going, oh man, I'm so sorry. We're on a totally different page. So I don't know if you thought it was going to charge like $12 for coaching or like take me to Chipotle and it's all good, but clearly that was way more than he thought. And I laugh because now that would be way, way, way more. Um, but he just had no range or scope for this. And looking back, I could have said, normally leadership coaches charge X. Here is my rate that either lines up with that or is a little bit lower than that or whatever um, that is. So what's your specific fear? Uh, and also, what business are you in? Are you selling goods? Are you selling services? If you're selling goods, those things can be produced. If you're selling services, your time is limited. And if you are selling services, ask this question, what else would I be doing instead of that? I have four kids at home, and whenever I travel and do more than a one-day deal, I'm missing dinner with my family, time with my wife, kissing my kids you know, in bed at night and having a conversation about their day, anything that's going on at their school, I'm going to miss because I've committed to you when I'm away. So what else would I be doing? I'm also not doing any other work 
when I'm there. I've committed to give my full attention to them when I'm there. There's also travel time. So it actually adds up over time and you think, what else would I be doing? A lot of things, you can't tend to those things while you're doing that. Maybe it's an hour of your time and you have to say, is there any prep work? Well, it's actually 30 minutes of prep work, an hour of this service, and then 30 minutes of follow-up. Well, make sure to charge for two hours of your time. What else would you be doing in that time? Uh, A couple things I've learned in the process as well. Think about supply and demand. There are some folks that I think are starting with an unrealistic amount that they're charging, and there's just a low demand for their supply. But as you are doing more and more of this, ideally your excellence and your craft are going up, so your price should also go up. But as the demand goes up on your time, which is how any economy works, and there is less supply, you should also incrementally take your pricing up. Now, I I often grandfather coaching clients in and say, hey, this was the rate we started at, and I want to honor that to continue. You could also say, my rate's gone up. Is that an okay jump for you to make? So I would just say communicate on it is that people don't like to be taken by surprise when it comes to money. Communicate. Sometimes people have said, oh, I'm really sorry, but I have a little bit less budget for this than we had talked about. And guess what? We figure it out. We do some less sessions or less time, or I think through it and end up saying, you know what? I would really like to coach you, but let's figure this out. Just communicate or money just gets really weird. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of freedom or wiggle room within the service industry with coming up with what you're going to charge based on your worth. For the person listening that has, has the product, because you and I are both largely in the, in the service and, and We're time We're trading our time for their transformation. We also have products, mm-hmm. and, and we have designed and developed and released products. What are some of the questions that you should think through for a product that has fixed variables that you have no control over that are going to determine to an extent what the baseline of that product's going to cost. What are some of the questions to think there is? What's the final offering going to be? Yeah, um, I I like to go straight to value. What could this help them produce? Mm -hmm. And therefore, what could be the value of this? And I like to at least create 10x the value from that. So let's say it's a $20 Uh, process that they can walk through that's got some tools and some next steps. Do I believe that this could make help them make $200? And I'm I'm thinking, oh, 100x, 1000x, I think this could help them make more money. Or do I believe this is worth the peace of mind that $20 can bring? That's priced at about what a book is. Do I believe that this is more valuable than a book to them? So in, in our own integrity, you can't just charge the most you could squeeze out of somebody. You do have to feel comfortable with that amount. Now, you're going to have to check your industry and to see around the industry, what are other things, uh, what are other people charging? And, and I would say don't spend days and days on this, but just kind of look around. The example would be a journal. We produced a journal at Stay Forth Designs it's called the Right Side of Journal, beautifully curated. You can go check it out, rightsideofjournal.com. But we produced this journal. We did about a year of research. That's a lot of time we put into that, into that product. You always put time into products developing it. We looked at other ones. We saw what was missing. Does this product need to exist? Would I use this product? Is this really good? How is this unique? What pain points does this meet? We walked through the whole process, and then we looked at other journals, and we were able to about half some of the other journals that were at about $40. We came in at a $20 price point, and I believe we nailed it. It's been a huge value that has produced way more than $200 of transformation in people's lives, Uh, and I'm really happy with that. And therefore, we've gotten a lot of good reviews and a lot of life change. So I would ask those questions, and then maybe the last one, 
would be how much time did it take you to develop this? And we tend to underthink that. A lot of my tools, leadership-wise, come from coaching. A lot of our tools we use at High Touch come from us coaching clients and saying, oh, this would be a helpful thing to produce. Well, that took a lot of time, maybe many hours or processes of us developing that. And so really, when we bring it to somebody else, it may be easy to say, let's give this away for free. But this would be really helpful to charge because you value more what you pay for. And actually, in the next episode, we are going to talk about when to give stuff for free. So hang on for that one. Uh, That's really good. I believe there is a time to give stuff for free. But Jonathan, I think we give too much away for free. We do. Devalue our own services, our own time, and therefore people will not value it more than we value it ourselves. See, there's a a struggle there that a lot of people face, and I have faced it. Um, It's that you have to have the lowest price possible in order to compete with other places in the marketplace. You know, I have to undercut everybody and sell as low, as low, as low, as low, as low as I can. And what you really end up doing is you create the opposite effect in that people don't end up buying from you because you're charging so little that they suddenly see what it is you're claiming to offer, but the price is so low that it flips the scales, then they don't trust you because they think it's some sort of scam. Yeah, how do we slide this in here? And, um, and also, it's going to take a while. Like, you're never going to hit it perfectly. You may say, oh, man, I think this is worth 20 bucks," and you may eventually land on 15 You also may eventually see this is a huge value, and we can charge 30 for this. So, it, you know, there's some wiggle room in the process. You're going to have to figure it out. You're never going to get it perfect. I would say it's best to put this, what, what people call an MVP, minimum viable product out there, and to test it. Both Jonathan and I, as we started helping people with their marketing, we weren't exactly sure what to charge, but we also looked at, okay, what are some other people charging? We do want to be more affordable than other people. We want to be more practical than other people. That's kind of part of our brand promise, but we also get to things really quickly. We're not going to waste people's time. And so we figured out some different price models that both work for them and work for us. They justify our time in doing that. We're not the most expensive one out there in the market, but we deliver results. But we also don't want to be the cheapest. I think it's probably a danger to be the most expensive one out there. If you've never seen it done at that price, maybe there's a reason. But if you're the cheapest, whether it's a product or a service, I would I would question that. Nice. Um, that's really good stuff. And I would encourage if you're listening to this, I hope you're taking lots of notes or go back and listen to this. Not on two times speed, but slow it down. Um, what's the takeaway? Well, let me go back to the challenge, I think, because I, I want to be really clear that I think the challenge is actually your fear getting in the way, not pricing. I think pricing can be overcome. But if, if you have a fear that I cannot deliver on this, I cannot add value when it's paid, I cannot go up to the next level, um, then it's a confidence issue and it's a fear issue. And then I think you really need to spend some time on that. I would agree with that 100%. Um, we just had a very real conversation with with a opportunity that I was navigating and came and said, hey, I have this opportunity. This is what I'm thinking to charge. You know, this is where I think it fits because, you know, this is where, where I'm at um, in this space. And you came back and you were like, no, this is what you need to charge. And quite honestly, I about fell out of my chair (laughs) because it was, it was considerably more than what I had put down. And what it, what I dialed that back to was my own confidence thinking that, okay, I'm not good enough to do this particular thing at that rate when really and truly 
that was not the case at all. It was a lie. And I think the principle underneath that is talk to somebody else Mm -hmm. because other people can see your value more clear than yourself. Now, occasionally we have it the other way or we think the service we could bring would be, you know, invaluable and nobody else does. Well, then we've got a different issue. But often I find that leaders don't believe that their service is that valuable. You have to, to zoom out and say, if that business implements the stuff that you do, Jonathan, they go to the next level and they would be paying somebody else. You're actually better than who they would be paying. This is a steal for them. But make sure that we don't shortcut our families uh, in the meantime. Because again, it isn't just me that pays for being gone. It's my family. And I got to make sure that that's worth it for the time. And if you can't settle on price, it's okay for people to say no. I mean, I think that's part of the challenge as well is let people say no. It's not always a no forever. Maybe they need to save budget for the next year. Maybe they need to save up so they can really invest in the process, but they don't want. we don't want people to cheaply throw that to you. So uh, look at your fears there. Uh, what's the opportunity? I think the opportunity is to charge what you're worth. I think ultimately there's dignity behind that. When we charge for work that is valuable, that is meaningful, so we can see life change then there's dignity at the end of that. And there's transformation at the other end of it for somebody else. And I would say if there's not, then don't sell the thing because it is snake oil. We're going to do an episode on snake oil, I think. Yeah, that's a good. Don't lose sight of the fact that whatever it is you're taking to the marketplace, whether you're selling a service, a product, or you have a message, whatever it is that you've monetized to take to the marketplace, never lose sight of the fact that Yes, there's other people doing what you're doing in a similar way, but you're doing it differently, whether it's selling lemonade. You're selling lemonade differently. You were brought to the space to do it in that way. And so there's a worth and there's a value to it. So charge right to that. And lemonade's a great example because when I stop at a lemonade stand, a kid says a quarter and I'm like, here's two bucks, right? And and I think that that's sure that's a cute kid on the side of the road. But the reality is if I stopped at the gas station, I'm going to get pretty much the same tasting lemonade not an experience at all, not light a kid's face up. Um, and it's, you know, going to be fine. Minute made, it's going to cost me two bucks. So I might as well give them two bucks. So, you know, that, that would be, I think a great example. We often are just saying, what's the littlest that we can charge to, to be able to justify this. So I think, man, that's the opportunity. It's dignity. It's life changes, transformation. And let's be real. If you can't charge what you're worth, eventually you're going to be out of business. Well, and, and quite, quite honestly, what you charge for what it is you're taking reflects what you believe in it as well. Mm-hmm. So so if you're charging so, so little, so, so little, that's going to come across to your audience is that well, they may not really believe in it as much as they think they do. And that may sound crazy to think, but what the price point is reflects what you believe the quality of the product is. Look at luxury car industry. You know, it's... Lar- the, that vehicle is really no different. A than, Lexus is yeah. a Toyota engine yeah. for a different type of person. But they charge more for it for what they believe that it's worth, and they communicate that belief outward to that mm-hmm. audience. Yeah, that's right. So I think the, um, man, just takeaway. The takeaway here is I think you're going to feel the fear if you are not constantly pushing to make your service better and raise your price, I believe, then something's off. Thoughts on that? I would agree 100%. And I would also say my takeaway is just do it. Like oh, if you're, like, I see what you like, did there. If you're questioning, just if, do if it. you are questioning the value and the price on whatever it is you have right now, you're listening today and you're wondering, man, maybe I'm not seeing enough sales because of this, or I'm seeing a ton. Is it time to raise? Just do it. 
experiment with it. Give yourself a time block to say, I'm going to adjust this. I'm going to try this promotional rate. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make that shift and go for it. The, yep. You're never going to real. Yes. You're never going to come to a conclusion unless yep. you go for it. Do it afraid, mm-hmm. but do it anyway. And guys, I want to give one caveat in here. 2020 was a hard year. When the economy hits hard, some things go on sale. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, when the demand is down, when budgets are frozen, there is a time, but there's only a time to do this, a season to do this, right? There's an asterisk next to this. There is a time to say, you know what? For a time, I'm going to lower my prices. I actually, in terms of leadership coaching, offered a subscription model for a limited time for a limited amount of people. Why? Because I needed to get business going again, and I knew that people didn't have the budgets and the resources when it was frozen. So I I will just say, I think the takeaway is definitely to continue to raise your prices, but there's a time as well to be realistic. What season is this? In the middle of COVID season, I was not going to be able to raise my prices. I needed to continue to charge. I lost quite a bit of business, um, and understandably, right, I should have been the first thing cut so they can pay their employees, and we are now back on the trajectory. So just make sure if you do that, it's only for a season. Uh, Guys, we know this is an awkward conversation, which is why we want to get in there and have it. Jonathan and I feel this tension. You're going to feel this tension. Anyone providing a service or a good is going to feel this tension. Um, We are going to talk about when to give stuff away for free in the next episodes. You're not going to want to miss that. And maybe when you you listen to that, you can come back and see how does free actually complement what you are charging for. We do believe it complements and goes together. But more on that in the next episode. 